love riding my bike. I love running. I don't care what they think about it. I love it. At that point, when I knew I was going to win, chills just went up and down my entire body. I don't believe there are any good or bad foods. Food is food. I still feel so passionate about getting that record that I'm like, I'm just going to do it. As an athlete, I was like, what's my story or what's your story? What can you learn from it? And what can you teach people? Welcome to the Iron Women Podcast. I'm Haley Chura, and I'm joined with my, my co-host, Alyssa Gadeski. Alyssa, this is our first episode of December. Are you feeling like you are in the holiday spirit? Haley, I can hardly believe it, but I am because I returned from my Thanksgiving travels to about four inches of snow up where we live. Um, and so it definitely felt like December as we were driving in late last night um, back from Maryland where I spent the Thanksgiving holiday. And uh, it wasn't quite that much snow in town in Lebanon where I live, but um, up, the, up the hill on the farm, we definitely got a good dumping, which I'm actually excited for because also on the porch when we got home were some snowshoes. So I have, you know, I'm ready, I'm prepared. You have your toys. You have your winter toys all set up. Uh, we don't have any snow here in Bozeman, which I'm not that sad about because I've been able to do some running and my prep for my race this weekend in Indian Wells, uh, you know, outside without being too much in the snow. So it's made that logistically easier. But before we talk about my race, I do want to just back up a little bit because I think you did a turkey trot. Did you <laughs> while you were at home, right? That's true. I did. So I I grew up in Severna Park, Maryland, and uh, in 2017 I was there um, for Thanksgiving, and the it was like a pretty small turkey trot that year. It was just at the local YMCA. You run around the parking lots at the local community college that like is next to it, and it was just super fun. And I won that year, and I actually I forget what I ran that year, but. Um, it was really fun and it was just, you know, I love turkey trots in general. I think they're like the best way to start Thanksgiving morning. I think it's so fun. And then I was pumped this year because so that year my brother-in-law and I did it. And then this year Matt would be coming to Thanksgiving with me. So Matt obviously was going to run too. And my brother-in-law said he was in. So we had the three, a three person team. There was no team competition only in my head. And so, um, we got to run, but Haley, it grew, I swear it was like a couple hundred people last time. It might've been a little bigger, but not that big. It was 2000 people this year. It was oh. crazy. And so it was like, it was, it was huge. Um, and so immediately I started getting like, you know, really nervous as it was, I was already nervous to be running a 5k when I was not feeling quite primed for a 5k, but I, you know, I got out the fast shoes. I like did a warm up. I did all the things that I knew I could do. Right. And Aside from the fact that I got a horrible side stitch, like five, a half a mile in, like five seconds in for longer than five seconds, obviously, but literally like a quarter mile, half mile in, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to stop. I have this cramp. Right. But I was like, just keep going. And then eventually something else started to hurt more and that cramp. I don't know if it went away or it was one of those things where something else just hurts more and you forget about that other thing that hurt you, you know? But I settled in with this high schooler and we were running second and third in the women's race. And she was a very tactical racer, Haley, about a mile and a half in. She knew I was breathing. She knew I was there because my breathing was like <laughs> so heavy. <laughs> and I'm sure my feet were pounding like an elephant behind her. She's like this like unicorn running in front of me, just like light and not even breathing at all. And she, I'm sure she's like, let me see what this old lady actually has in her. So she like 
neatly dropped back behind me and tried to tuck in with <gasps> me. And I was like, oh, so I was like, it's okay. Alyssa, just like, just do it. So then I dropped a 555 mile Haley, which like, was not a good idea because the third mile had a lot of uphill comparatively to the first. I mean, there was only like 150 feet of elevation gain. So it, was, it wasn't flat, but it was, you know, all of that gain basically came in that third mile. And I, I thought I was going to have to stop at two and a half miles <laughs> in. <laughs> I mean, I literally, I had that feeling of like, I'm, I'm either going to die. I'm going to puke all over myself or I'm going to poop my pants. Like one of these three is going to happen. And so I just, I had like, luckily I, I'm not one of those athletes that like can push through everything. Like I can push through a lot of pain, but I can't push through like that kind of stuff. Really. I wish I was a little better at it, but instead my brain was like, no, you need to take it down a notch. And then the, the young woman who she just galloped away and just put like 40 seconds into me in the blink of an eye. And, but I held on for third. So I was proud of that. Um, and it was fun. I mean, it's, it's always just, it's, you know, turkey trots are just good old fun competition, man. Well done. Did you win a pie or anything? I won this like miniature backpack. I will say the one thing about this race is they could perhaps like, I would suggest if I was going to make a recommendation, go to consumables because I feel like, especially for turkey trots, like the community will donate pies. They'll donate it. Like, I don't know, like a coupon to the grocery store to go buy some stuffing. Right. I don't anything, but like, instead I got this like miniature backpack. <laughs> <laughs> don't they know fanny packs? That's what's in now. Not mini backpacks. We have at least five more years before mini backpacks come back. Just hang on to it long enough and it'll be come back That's in style. True. That's true. Um, but actually we have two cause Matt, Matt was second. So he got a mini, mini backpack too. So we have two mini backpacks. Um, but it was fun. It was, <laughs> but, I'm just picturing like your mini ball of noon that you put in your mini backpack when you go for your mini hike. It is like the perfect size to carry like a couple bottles or a couple like tubes of noon and yeah, all your like emergency sachets of noon powder, all that stuff. But Anyway, Haley, did you, did you work a turkey trot into your training plan? Is that going to be your Indian Wells workout of the week? Tell me. Okay. I actually did not. There was a turkey trot happening in Bozeman. They actually call it huffing for stuffing and I think it's a 5k. Um, but the roads were like a little icy. So we did get some snow, I guess, before that. And then there was kind of like, where's icy. And I just wasn't that into it. Also, I really wanted to sleep in because the pool was closed. So I was like, um, and I didn't have any family activities early and it would just be my, me by myself and which I'm not opposed to. I do a lot of races by myself, but you know, I don't know. I base, I guess I'm like one of those people who will race any other day of the year, but then on Thanksgiving, I actually want to sleep in. <laughs> so I slept in and then I actually went to the gym later to do a treadmill workout. And, um, I thought the gym would be very empty and I had to go to a bigger gym than I usually go to. And I pulled up and it was like, packed. Like the parking lot was packed. Like I barely could find a parking spot. I was like, what? I thought I was the only weirdo who goes to the gym on Thanksgiving, but apparently a lot of people go to the gym on Thanksgiving. There were quite a few people there. And I, um, so I'm at this gym that I don't normally go to. And I was, I brought my own fan as I do. And so I'm like, Oh gosh, I got to figure this out because at my, the gym I normally go to, like I have a system, right? I know exactly which treadmill, like I can get to the outlet and like set everything up. And so I'm like scouting it and I see this one on the end and near an outlet. So I set up my fan and all that. And I was doing like a tempo run 
which uh, I do usually based on heart rate. So this can be our Indian Wells workout of the week um, because I think it's a it was a good one. But it was a one hour run, and I think I did it as a twenty minute warm up, like easy, kind of easy building to like steady, and then I did. 12 minutes at like tempo effort, which I do it according to heart rate. So I'm trying to like be in the like 159 to 164 beats per minute range. But obviously, hopefully, you know, people kind of know what their tempo. I mean, I think of tempo for me is kind of like half Ironman pace, I guess, like, um, you know, like half marathon effort. And then so I did 12 minutes hard and then four minutes easy, 10 minutes hard, four minutes easy eight minutes hard, four minutes easy. So it's kind of nice. It goes down. And, but the thing was, I was like on this treadmill and all treadmills are a little bit like calibrated a little different. So it's kind of nice to do it by heart rate versus pace because, you know, the pace on the treadmills can vary based on the machine. And I'm not on a machine I was usually on, but the one I was on, Alyssa, I thought I was going to break it. It was making like, it was like shaking so bad. Like it was like, I had to put all my stuff, like my phone, my water, everything on the ground. Oh, that's the because worst everything was like bouncing like... out of the cup holders and yes! stuff. I was like, I was like, oh my goodness. And I will say like, so I bring the fan cause I get very hot. And also when you're doing stuff by heart rate, then you don't have like as much cardiac drift. And so I was like so hot. So I had the fan, but it's not at like the perfect angle. And I just didn't have the time to like fix it. And so uh, the other thing is that like, there is kind of a dress code at this gym and, but you know, this is probably not the right mindset to have, but I feel like if masks are optional, so are shirts. <laughs> and so I just like take it off. I had a sports bra on, but I was so hot. I was like, I'm so hot. And so that made me feel a little better. But then I'm like, I'm like definitely drawing attention to myself because I have a fan. I'm only wearing a sports bra and the treadmill is about to blow up, but we got it done. So it was, um, it was good. It was a good run. You know, I think that I was happy with my paces. I feel like this might've been like a vanity treadmill because, you know, like I was like, this is a lot faster than, um, I run on the other treadmill, the other gym, but I'm just going to take it as like, maybe I've gotten faster. Totally. Or maybe all the bouncing is like helping a little bit. It'll be, it'll be like that. Um, the golf course surface at Indian Wells, actually, if I'm remembering correctly, that was quite bouncy there as well. Maybe you're right. It's just like that. And I'm just going to take it as like, those are my paces now. You know, that's just what I'm capable of. So <laughs> for sure. And um, I, I do love the descending pyramid workout. So I like that workout, workout of the week for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely when you could like do yourself. And again, it's only one hour, but it packs a punch. So I, um, you know, got that done, did a little strength and then went and ate some turkey. It was a great day. So, and yeah, if you ever are worried about going to the treadmill on Thanksgiving, you probably are going to the gym on Thanksgiving, depending on where you live. If you live in Montana or in Bozeman, you will not be alone. (laughs) It's not a lonely place on Thanksgiving day, even with the giant turkey trots and all that. I mean, people do all their own exercise, I guess. Yeah. It seems like a good day to like feel like if you're going to work out on a day, I feel like a day when you know you're going to be eating a lot is probably a pretty common one that people pick. So um, I guess it's, yeah, but it's good to know. Good reminder that you, you won't be alone. I always kind of remind myself of that too. When I have to get to the gym super early, it's like, no matter how early I ever get to the gym, there's always someone else there that beats me there. So, you know, you can, you just got to get yourself there and then you have some friends. Yes. And Alyssa, one other thing, when I was leaving the pool today, I really didn't have time for this, but I was like the, right across the street from the pool is like the Christmas tree shop. And I was like, I'm going out of town. I don't need a Christmas tree right now. 
but I couldn't resist. I was like, I'll just get a wreath. And then I was like, then they had this one. It was so cute and little and like, it was just so perfect. And it has, it's like a lodgepole pine and it has pine cones on it. So it's like comes pre-decorated basically. And I couldn't resist. So I got that and a wreath. And so my, I decorated some, even though I'm going out of town, but you know, that's just the the joy of the season. It makes me happy. And a lodgepole doesn't lose that many like needles. So I think it'll be fine, even though I'm out of town for a bit. Nice. I'm on top of the Christmas decorating this week, so we'll see what I end up with. Yeah, we can we can compare notes next week. And because it is, it's race week. I'm headed to Indian Wells in Palm Springs, California, and um I'm excited to race there. Like you and I raced there in 2018, so it's been a couple of years since I've been back and have some fond memories of a cold water swim. Hopefully, I think they might have changed the bike course. So hopefully they found some smoother roads. <laughs> and um, and then really nice run on that golf course there and all the bathrooms and, and lovely bathrooms and showers afterwards <laughs> to look forward to. So. <laughs> I am so excited. Like that's what I tell everyone. I'm like, that that Indian Wells Tennis Center is a great venue <laughs> for like ending your race and being right there. I will miss you this time, Alyssa. That was a joy in 2018. Like it won't be the same without you. I know. I was really hoping to somehow pull it off, but not this year, not this year. And for people who want more kind of race action this week, um, Clash Daytona is happening on Saturday. There will be um, a six hour broadcast, I guess we're going to link to in the show notes for you. So um, big, big weekend of racing on tap. You can watch Clash Daytona on Saturday and get primed to is Indian Wells being broadcast at all? Do they broadcast at 70.3s? I don't know. know. I should know this. I know they did like St. George and they did Boulder, yeah, but I don't, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Probably I don't know not, but maybe videos. hopefully there'll be, I don't know, I guess tracker. it'll prime us to tracker. just be staring at our iron tracker on Sunday, which will be lovely. <laughs> yes. And that Clash Daytona race, it's on their Facebook page. And I think there is a small fee, like two ninety nine by the time this podcast comes out to watch, but, um, you know, they did a really good job with it last year. It's not quite the prize purse as it was last year, but still a big prize purse and, um, some big names racing. So should be, should be a cool showcase for triathlon. And then, yeah, watch my little dot the next day on Saturday, on Sunday, watch me, you know, make my way around Coachella Valley. <laughs> and um, Haley, the feisty media side of things. So our diehard listeners might remember that we record on Mondays and this week's Monday is the first day of the 12 days of feist. And so it's a super fun 12 days where, Feisty Media has like 12 days of deals, which we all just want to be checking out and, you know, getting more of in this holiday time. So 12 days of Feist, you can, if you're not already getting it, it's about like a quarter of the way through today. So um, check it out at livefeisty.com forward slash 12 days. And that's like one, two days. So don't spell out 12. Um, and get signed up and so that you get straight to your inbox every morning the deal the feisty deal of the day which is you know who doesn't want that yeah and by the time this interview come or this interview this podcast episode comes out we'll be like a third of the way through so still plenty of uh of feisty days left feisty days feisty deals um yeah lots of lots of good things i mean again get in the holiday spirit however i mean Retail is definitely a good way to get in the holiday spirit. <laughs> I'm a consumer at heart for sure. And Haley, we don't have any mailbag this week. So everyone send us your mailbag questions, ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com, ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. But it's kind of a good thing, Haley, this week because we have an action-packed week of interviews for everyone, right? 
Yeah, we have two interviews this week because a couple weeks ago we were really excited about the NCAA triathlon championship. We talked to Kinsey Lane, who is a former pro and current coach of the Colorado Mesa Division II team. Um, Colorado Mesa did race well. They got fourth in the Division II uh team rankings, but we wanted to recap all of the fun action that happened in, in uh, Tempe at those NCAA triathlon championships. So we have two interviews for this week, but to recap, well, just so we have all this ahead of time, the teams, we want to say what the team results are in case you missed it. And we are going to link to like all the individual results in our show notes. So if you are curious about that, you can go to our show notes and follow that link. But um, division one teams, Arizona state university was first five time consecutive champions, Newcomers, University of San Francisco came in second, and third was the University of South Dakota. In Division Two, we had Queens returning champions. Wingate was second, and Lenore Rhine was third. And Division Three, Trine was the new champions. Milliken was second, and North Central College came in third. I believe that's so that was a pretty big upset because I think North Central College has won several consecutive championships as well. So good to see some some new new names in there because it's getting more and more competitive as we get closer to that forty team threshold and full fledged uh, NCAA sport, but. Getting on to our interviews. So uh, another kind of a bit of an upset was the women's individual champion, Kira Gupta Baltazar from the University of San Francisco. She won the Division One championship. Kira is a Canadian athlete. This was her first season at USF. And so we talked to her about the win, how the race played out. If she's getting noticed around campus, you know, how's the paparazzi situation when you just won a national championship and what this team culture is like at USF. It's a new team. I think this was their first season and they came in second. So what their goals are for the future as a team and Kira's goals for herself. So we'll have that conversation with Kira Gupta Baltazar right after a break. Women have unique physiology and deserve a training plan that honors this. Sign up for the first-of-its-kind women-specific online group training program and join a movement of empowered women ready to harness the power of their physiology. Introducing Bicey Triathlon Coaching, led by expert coaches Miranda Bush and Jamila Gale Eggins. For just $99 a month, you'll get a monthly women-specific training plan, Zoom rides, AMA sessions, membership to the Feisty team, and more. You'll also get a female athlete guide that provides you with the power to better understand your body and how to get the most from your training. Launching December 1st, 2021 with limited spots available. Go to feistytriathlon.com and click the link for coaching so you can be the first to know when it opens and receive a special price for the first four months. That's feistytriathlon.com. The link will also be in the show notes of this episode. The future of women's triathlon training is here. Hi, Kira. Welcome to the Iron Women podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. So first off, huge congratulations. You had a big win this past weekend. You are the Division I NCAA Women's Triathlon National Champion. How did it feel to break the tape in Tempe? It felt really good. I mean, those videos of just seeing me exhausted and my dad was right there at the finish line. And I was really happy that he was able to watch. Um, but it also felt really good um, that I could win for my school and that I helped us with our second place as a team. 
And Kira, that win helped the University of San Francisco finish second in the Division One team standings, as you said. So we believe that you have all only been able to train together on campus since this past August, which is just three months ago. So can you tell us about your team culture, how you guys all came together to perform so well in just three months? Yeah, I think we have a really good team culture here at USF. Actually, the rest of my teammates were able to train together last semester of the last year, but I just actually came in this past August. Um, but yeah, our coach is have really um, emphasizes team culture and um, always encourages us to do things together outside of training and always um, really encourages communication between us. So we're all really close as a team and we all support each other during workouts, which I think is really important. Like there's always that competitive side of training, but um, we also we also really care for each other as well. And you're, you are a sophomore. And so were you not with the team as a personal decision or was that because of the border like being closed? Um, partially uh, border reasons for the first semester, but for the second semester, I actually was training in Arizona. Just under my home coach. Okay. And your win does make you the first USF athlete to win an individual national title in any sport since 2017. So how is the atmosphere on campus? Have you been getting a lot of attention? Um, yeah, actually, last night, I was brought out onto the court during the men's basketball game for halftime. And so that was pretty crazy. I think a lot of people probably don't know what a triathlon is, but it is still pretty big because we're such a small school. And so it's definitely exciting. Do you think that's going to help more people kind of know about triathlon and maybe grow the team, you know, in the coming seasons here? Yeah, I definitely hope so. Um, we're still a small team and because it's such a new program, we started in 2019, but I'm already getting a lot of DMs from future potential recruits, and I'm really glad this is receiving a lot of media attention because it'll definitely help us build. And so the NCAA championship, this marked your third weekend in a row of racing because you won the national qualifier in St. George, which happened on October 30th. Then you traveled to Portugal to represent Team Canada at the World Triathlon Junior Championships, where you finished 17th. And then you came back to win in Tempe. So do you just thrive on back-to-back-to-back racing? Was this always your plan? Um, Actually, it only became my plan once they decided to host World Junior Worlds in Portugal. Only maybe middle of October. It was a very last minute decision after it had been canceled in Bermuda. But, you know, I kind of just rolled with it. And I thought, you know, like, might as well. How did you did your weeks like in between look like I'm just like trying to wrap my head around, like if I wasn't in college trying to manage the travel and like everything else, right. But so plus workouts and stuff. So can you kind of give us like a high level of what the weeks in between looked like for you? Yeah, um, after St. George, it was really just about recovering from the jet lag and everything in Portugal and um, just like a lot of aerobic training, a lot of schoolwork just in my hotel room. Um, And then maybe three days out from Worlds, I started to put a little bit of intensity back into my training. Um, And then after Portugal, recovering from the jet lag again when I came back to San Fran, and just really doing just aerobic training throughout that week because I was already pretty 
pretty tired, pretty beat up. Um, and yeah, honestly, I went into Arizona like a little bit hesitant because I just wasn't feeling 100%, but I really just trusted in the training that I had done the last four months and it really paid off. And how was school during that time? I mean, I imagine there is, is there still some remote school going on? Um, yeah, there was a little bit of remote school, but for the most part, my professors are just very accommodating. Um, and they let me take things like this week now. And they also gave me some, um, like excused absences for a couple of assignments. So that was really helpful. And Kira, you're a strong swimmer. You actually led the swim in Tempe, but we can imagine you, you could have been swimming collegiately, yet you chose to race triathlon and join this new program at USF. So swimming is a very established NCAA sport. Triathlon is still emerging. What made you decide to pursue the triathlon route? Um, when I was 15 years old, I actually made like the full transition to triathlon. And from then on, like I, I really was just focused on triathlon. And I thought it was such a cool idea that triathlon was in um, was now becoming an NCAA sport. And I really wanted to help um, build and um, create the team here at USF. Um, I thought it was really important to like create a bigger pathway for future Olympic triathletes. And I think this is a really awesome opportunity. Was triathlon big in the community where you were growing up? Um, in, yeah, it was, it's relatively big, I guess. There's a lot of, a lot of age groupers that do it from where I'm from. And, um, my home coach is actually Barry Shepley, um, the former Olympic coach. And so he has a really big club, um, from where I'm from. And so I'd say, I'd, I'd say it's pretty big. And recently, the NCAA made some changes to their name, image, and likeness policies so that athletes like you can have individual sponsorships. So have any brands reached out or are you looking for any sponsors? Um, yeah, no brands just yet, but I'd say I'm definitely um, looking for brands to represent um, that I believe in and I think are um, working towards good cause. Any on that wish list? I mean, you got to put it out there. You never know who's listening. <laughs> um, I'd say uh, one of the big ones would probably be JoLynn, just because I, you, I use their swimmer so often and I've used it for a while. And I just think that they support a lot of good charities through their, through their work. Okay, well, let's you get... never know. Maybe, yeah, maybe we have someone from JoLynn listening. So let's get Kira <laughs> some some suits and some help here. Um, and Kira, now that the NCAA competition season is over, does that mean it's off season for you as well, or is it like catch up on schoolwork so it doesn't quite feel like off season? What's it? What's life look like for you? Yeah, once we touch down back in San Fran after Tempe, like it's kind of falling right back into the regular routine of organic chemistry and um, just catching up on all my schoolwork. And so this week has kind of been an off week for us. I've just been swimming here and there, but now it's time to let my body recover and get right back into school. Do you have any races on the, are you done racing for 2021 and just you'll regroup for 2022 then? Yeah, I think I uh, won't be racing until March, probably. I might do like the Florida double races, but yeah, nothing planned yet for next year. Not going for that quad and like jumping in Ironman Arizona or something this weekend. No. 
<laughs> um, I kid, I kid, but you never know. Um, Kira, thank you so much for coming on the show. Congratulations again on your win. Good luck catching up on school. Thank you so much for having me. The Iron Women Podcast wants to give a huge shout out to Orca Sportswear for their continued support in 2021. As someone who isn't a natural born swimmer, my choices for swim gear are super important. Orca has me ready to battle for every second I need in the water with the open water, triathlon, and swim run wetsuits. They also have safety buoys, goggles, cold water caps, and booties. You name it, they have it. The code IRONWOMEN15 will get you 15% off, so head to orca.com today and let's get ready to swim in 2021. Big thanks to Kira and congratulations to her on that individual championship. I'm excited to see what she does in her, the rest of her collegiate career and also the rest of her triathlon career. But we, uh, like we said, we have two uh, interviews for you this week. And our second interview is with the team champions Two, we have two athletes from Arizona State University. They won their, you know, ASU, as we mentioned earlier, won their fifth consecutive national championship team title. They've really been leading the charge in triathlon, especially at the Division One level. And so this week we are talking to Hannah Henry and Alex Corsell from ASU. Hannah is a two-time individual champion, and she just finished second this year, right behind Kira. Uh, she is a senior this year. And Alex is a freshman. She just finished seventh individually, and she was the top freshman finisher. So Hannah and Alex will tell us about their races, why they chose to race triathlon at ASU, what it's like being on the ASU triathlon team, and what their future plans are in the sport. We'll have that conversation with the Sun Devils, Hannah and Alex, right after the break. Hey, Haley, it's officially fall, and I am drinking my noon hydration immunity. Haha, <laughs> Alyssa, I love a good pun and a good warm fall beverage, but can you tell me a little bit more about this new Immunity 3 product? What does the 3 stand for? It stands for vitamins, electrolytes, and prebiotics, the three keys to staying healthy and hydrated this season. Noon Hydration Immunity 3 comes in mandarin, orange, and superberry flavors, and all Iron Women podcast listeners can get 30% off Immunity 3 and the whole line of Noon Hydration products by using the code STAYFEISTY at NoonLife.com. Welcome to the Iron Women podcast, Hannah and Alex. Since there are two of you, uh, we'd love to start this interview with each of you giving a quick introduction to our audience so we can recognize your voices. Can you each tell us your name, where you call home, and what year you are in school? So let's start with Hannah. Hi, my name is Hannah. I'm from Victoria, British Columbia, Canada, and I am a fifth year at ASU. Um, I'm doing my master's right now. And thank you for having me on your podcast. Thank you for being here. And Alex, how about you? Hi, my name is Alex. Uh, I'm from Montreal, Canada. Um, and I am a freshman this year at ASU. All right. Well, thanks, Alex, for being here too. And I have to say a huge congratulations to both of you as members of the 2021 NCAA Division I National Championship Arizona State University Women's Triathlon Team. So Hannah, you finished second individually, about 26 seconds behind the winner, Kira Gupta Baltazar from USF. So how did you feel about your race? I was really happy with how the race went. It's what we have been preparing for for the past few months, and I was really looking forward to competing at home with my incredibly strong teammates. 
um, since it was my final NCAA race, I really wanted to push myself and have fun because I love the sport and that's what it's all about to me. Um, having the national championship here at Tempe feels really special because our families and friends and supporters all get to come out to cheer us on and it's extra motivating. We know the course really well and we're fortunate to get to practice it leading up to the race. So I was really happy with the race. And, and Alex, you finished seventh individually and you were the top freshman finisher. So you earned yourself freshman of the year honors. How did it feel to be the best of the first year athletes on the course? Uh, it felt really good. It's really fun that they do that, like the freshman of the year, because as you guys might know or might not know, but like being a freshman and like moving country, going to university, it's like a whole bunch of adaptation. So having all this plus the season that is early in fall um, is a lot of adaptation. So like winning the freshman of the year, it, it's a great honor for me. And doing all of that in the midst of a global pandemic, nonetheless. So I think that <laughs> requires like even, you know, bonus adaptation for you. So I think people will definitely kind of uh, see that you you had a lot going on and it does make your race even more impressive. Um, and Hannah, we know this is ASU's fifth consecutive national title, which means as long as you've been a Sun Devil, you've never lost a team competition. So as a team, how do you handle that pressure? Like how, you know, is that something you guys would talk about or is it something like, let's not talk about it because we don't want to jinx it? <laughs> um, I think that it's important for us to stay humble. We're, we're definitely confident because we have had such great success in the past, but we know that the sport is becoming more and more competitive here in the NCAA and all the other schools have really strong teams as well. So um, we never know what's going to happen, what to expect in the race. So we have to prepare for everything and be ready to just take on what happens on the day. And Hannah, as one of the team leaders and a veteran, you know, a, a senior, fifth year senior, what what is the mood that you try to kind of bring across the team as you're walking to the start line of this national championship? Like, are you saying anything to the team? Are you all hanging out do you uh, you know do you chat at all yeah um we always do our team cheer before we go to the start line so i think that helps get everyone excited about the race um and then once we line up if we're around our teammates it's nice to chat a little and try to stay calm and relaxed and then once it's time to walk to the start line it's we're all in race mode and i think everyone's just super focused and ready to go well, I just want to say when you line up, is it like you don't necessarily line up in team order? I, I probably should know this, but is it a different order? I guess, Hannah, I'll ask you that one again. Yeah, usually for our NCAA races, the order is randomized. So we can be in between girls from other schools. Um, this year for nationals, they actually ranked us in order from based on our results from the past races this year. So we were a couple of us were like close together. We were all um, in the top 20 something, I believe. So at least we, we knew, like we could see each other on the start line. And in NCAA triathlon, similar to like cross country running scoring, the top five athletes across the line score points and the low score wins. So Alex, you finished seventh overall, but as the fourth sun devil. So during the race, are you actively working with your teammates and kind of noting everyone's position? So you can try to get into the top. So you can try to get those top five across the line as close to the front as possible? 
Yeah, for sure. It's really like a different type of racing because it was my first time like racing for a team in triathlon. I've done cross country uh, in high school, but it was the first time racing for a team. And it's sure you're calculating everything. And even the people that are not in the top five of like example, Sun Devil, because we have set seven teammates on the start line, they count because if they arrive, example, the six, but they beat a USF girl, then the USF girl has one more point. So every girl, every single girl that takes the start line that day matters and the position matters. The top five counts, but all the other girls is like, it's like extra, it's like more points for the other. So in, in a way it's helping the team as well. So it's really fun to race and compete as a team and knowing that your result, yet your individual result matter, but like the team result matter more at that point, you know? And how do you celebrate a national championship? Or how did you celebrate this one? Alex, we'll start with you since this was your first. Oh, can we answer that question? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. It's just, it's a really nice like vibe after when they give the, when there's the ceremony of like giving the trophy and then we take all our picture next to Tempe Town Lake and the race was like at 3 p.m. So like after an hour and then after like few times passing, it's like 5 p.m. There's like the sunset. And as you guys know, Arizona has like one of a kind of a sunset. So we got like this golden hour. We take our picture. We're like all happy. And the whole team is there, like the old 13 girls with the coaches, with the people that are there for cheering us, the the, the people cheering. And it's just it's such just the vibe. I don't know. It's undescribable, but it's just so fun. And Hannah, is the fourth championship celebration just as much fun as your first, you know, which was a few years ago? It is. I think, well, I think it gets more exciting every year. It's always, always a great feeling after a big, long season of training. And we know we've worked so hard for it. So it's extra rewarding and always fun to celebrate with each other, teammates or friends, family and supporters. And you both ended up at ASU, obviously here, but in the four years between when you each made the decision to race for the Sun Devils, both the NCAA triathlon world and the world in general changed a lot, um, you know, drastically, really. So we'd love to hear you each tell your recruiting story. So how did you decide to race triathlon in college and why did you choose ASU? So we'll start with Hannah. Yeah. Um, so when I heard about the possibility of competing in triathlon while also pursuing a degree at the same time, I was immediately interested in the possibility. One of my teammates, Kyla, who's also from Canada and that I had competed with in the past before coming to ASU, told me that she was probably going to go here. So then that's when I uh, started looking into it a little more. Um, and then at the time, my um, the assistant coach at ASU, um, I knew. So I got in contact with the coaches through her. and. Um, yeah, it was one of my only options for schools other than the school at home in Victoria. So I thought this would be an amazing opportunity. And now almost five years later, I can say that it was probably the best decision that, that I have ever made. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity and the support that I have received through this experience. And Alex, what about you? Yeah, so me a bit different, I guess. Um the school in Quebec is a bit different than the American system. So I've done my high school, finished at 17, and then went straight into what we call CEGEP, which is equivalent to a pre-university or a college uh, credits, whatever you guys call it in the U.S. 
Um, so I did that. I'd done that for like two years and a half. And then I take half of a year off. And during my second, the beginning of my third year of like pre-university, I'll call it like that. So it's easier for people to understand. Um, Cliff reached out to me and asked me what was my plan for university. And if I was interested to like go into uh, American college and a lot of my close friends and like people with who I used to compete high level with them, like started to look into American university and also like sign up. So a year before me. So I'm quite of an old freshman kind of. I'm 20 years old and most of the people are like 18, 19. So it's, it was kind of a different process for myself. But then after I, I, I got this opportunity and, you know, it's once in a lifetime and you, everyone knows how American is like focus on success and they put all the resources for you to succeed in your sport and academically and as myself I think it's important to pursue school but as well I want to be a professional athlete after my school career or during who knows um, so it was just like the best and the most like convenient and the best uh, the, the the best option for my interest. And also, what about choosing triathlon over a different sport? Were either of you considering swimming in college or running in college? Alex, we'll start with you. Yeah, for myself, no, because uh, I'm a triathlete since I'm seven years old. Like, that's how I grew up. And like, yes, I did a bit of cross country. I did some swim meet. But overall, I did these to improve my triathlon skills. So I consider myself a triathlete since day one. And that's my sport. And that's what I'm going to stick to. What about you, Hannah? Um, yeah, similar to Alex, I've been doing triathlon since I was pretty young, and it's always what I've wanted to do. So being able to compete while getting my degree was seemed like the best option. I, I did consider running at the university at home, but the option to do triathlon was just even better. And Alex, we know this was only your first season with the team, and life might be a little bit different because of the pandemic, but... It is, is college life, is American college life and training what you expected? Yes, I am actually really grateful. I kind of like am a year older than everyone because if I got there last year, the circumstances would have been really different. But up to now in US, in Arizona, uh, the pandemic is there, but, you know, the restrictions are more loose. I don't know if that's English. Sorry. No, it's not... <laughs> Perfect. I understood it. So if it was French, <laughs> no good for me. No, I'm just kidding. Hannah, now that you're, you're at the end of your NCAA eligibility, you mentioned you're in grad school. Do you plan to keep racing and will you be able to continue training with the team and the coaches at ASU? Um, so I'm, right now I'm taking some time off uh, for some much needed recovery after this long year of training. Um, I don't know exactly what my future looks like yet with triathlon. Uh, I know next semester I would still definitely want to be a part of the team and to train with them. Um, so I guess I will take this off season to decide what I'm going to do with the sport in the future. Any interest in longer distance racing or are you like, you like it short and fast and draft legal? I think I'll have to stick with the short and fast. <laughs> And Alex, we imagine you're taking a bit of an off-season as well, but do you have any races on the schedule for spring 2022 before the championship collegiate season in the fall? Yeah, I will be racing on the ITU circuits for sure. I might um, split my time between uh, North America and Europe 
uh, this summer I have traveled a lot in Europe to get some more experienced races on a different level. So I'm, I'm planning on doing that again this year. And hopefully there will be national championship, provincial championship and more races in North America this year if the pandemic uh, permitted. So and otherwise, I'll probably be racing in Europe, trying to go to World Champs U23 this year. So a lot of good races coming up before the next uh, NCA national. And the Canadians really seem to be excelling at NCAA triathlon. You're both Canadian. Do you think this means we can expect really big things for Canadian women racing the world triathlon ITU circuit and in the Olympics in the next couple of years? Hannah, let's start with you. What do you think? Yeah, I, I really hope so. I know we have an amazing group of juniors coming up in Canada, so I'm really excited to see what they do. Um, I know a lot of them already have amazing results in ITU races at such a young age, and I think it would be super exciting to see what happens. And Alex, I'm assuming you want to be one of those uh, Canadians that is excelling on the world stage over the next couple of years. Yeah, hopefully I'll be part of these for the next uh, Olympic cycle or the next one after. Who knows? Yes. I mean, is this youth triathlon in Canada, since you both started so young, I mean, is do a lot of very young children in Canada do triathlon? I mean, Alex, it sounds like yes. Yeah, I think that there's a ton of options across Canada, like local races. Um, we used to have Kids of Steel races when I was younger, and it's always they're always really fun events. and. A lot of kids get to come and I think they seem to love it. Yeah, triathlon is really like a family sport, I would say. It regroups everyone and there's like, there's a um, challenge for everyone. As much as you're seven years old or you're a mom with kids or you're grandparents, you can find your distance, your challenge and your level of racing as well. So I think triathlon is one of the best sports for that. It just brings back a whole community together and it makes it, it gives the opportunity to everyone to be active in the family. So that's for sure that there's a lot of good opportunities in triathlon for everyone. I think that outlook on triathlon is certainly working for the Canadians. I think a lot of Americans could take note of that. It seems we, we tend to have our development as like specializing in one of the three sports and then we try and get you to pull it all together as an adult. But um, you guys are definitely doing something right. So Alex, Hannah, congratulations again to you both and pass along our congratulations to the team for sure. Thank you so much for taking the time with us today. And, you know, I have a feeling that this might not be the last time that we get to talk to you on the Iron Women podcast. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much. Haley, have you ever realized that skincare is an all season job? It really is, Alyssa. Winter can be just as harsh on my skin as the summertime sun. I rely on Zelio skincare products to get me through every season here in Montana. My favorite winter products are the body lotion, lip protection, and of course, Betwixt chamois cream. Mine too. And our Iron Women listeners can also stock up on Zelio's products for the season ahead. Use the code IRONWOMEN at teamzelios.com to get 15% off. That's right. Get 15% off at teamzelios.com using code IRONWOMEN. Haley, have you ever been jealous of the elite running or cycling groups who are able to get their blood work done super quickly and efficiently because they have a doctor on staff? Yes, I have been jealous. I have a great primary care physician, but I'll admit, sometimes I'm curious about certain blood markers in between my annual doctor visits. Me too, and that's why I'm excited Inside Tracker is here. Inside Tracker is on-demand blood testing. You pick your plan online, schedule your blood draw appointment locally, and get your results within a few days. 
My favorite part, they don't just give you data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips too. For a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our listeners 25% off of their entire store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash ironwomen and get started. Well, given that Feisty Media is a Canadian business, Haley, we pulled in our our fellow Canadians on the feisty media side to ask them a little bit more about the kind of Canadian phenomenon. Like how, you know, is this development so strong for the, you know, young people coming out of it? Like what's going on in Canada? Yeah. And Lindsay Glassford, who is our editor and show producer, she was mentioning that 21 years ago, Simon Whitfield did win the gold medal for Canada in the Olympics in Sydney and in triathlon. And so that did probably spur a lot of children to, to, to pick up the sport. She also mentioned Paula Finley, who of course was a favorite going into the 2012 Olympics, big deal in Canada and is now a big deal in, um, long course racing. But we, you know, that is, that is interesting to see, you know, the repercussions of a gold medal, you know, 20, 21 years later, when you see now you have athletes like Alex and Hannah and Kira who are, 20 years old ish around then and are doing really, really well in the sport and have been, and they're really excited about it. And it's, it's exciting. I mean, Canada's obviously doing something right. I know. I know. I'm a little jealous, I have to say. And, um, I, yeah, I think that there are people in the U S who should be taking notes and hopefully maybe in 20 years we'll have, you know, a different story to tell. I don't know, but we'll have to wait. We'll have to wait a little bit for that to happen. We're only five years post Gwen Jorgensen's gold. That's true. So maybe, maybe we just bit, need 15 yeah. more years. <laughs> but NCAA triathlon, I mean, I am so psyched about it. Like, I hope we get to keep covering that. I hope it keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I'm so thankful that these, you know, young women are such good ambassadors of the sport. And I, you know, I'm as a former collegiate athlete, NCAA athlete, like it was just, it's, I'm a big fan. And so I'm really cool. I'm really, really glad to see NCAA triathlon, like really getting a good foothold and hopefully getting to those 40 teams in the next couple of years. All right, Haley. Well, we've got to let you go because it's race week. You have to keep going on your taper, get those feet up, get those bags packed, all of the above. Uh, can't wait to track your dot on Sunday and have fun out there. Uh, enjoy Palm Springs for me. You have been listening to the Iron Women podcast hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadeski. Iron Women is a production of Feisty Media and is edited and produced by Lindsay Glassford. Head to livefeisty.com to find more podcasts, events, stories, and fresh perspectives. Thank you to our sponsors, Noon Hydration, Zelio Skincare, Orca Sportswear, and Inside Tracker. You can find all websites and discount codes at ironwomenpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.